Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This is where we blur the lines between business, nonprofit, and impact. Social entrepreneurs in our community share their stories of how they are changing the world and building a legacy of health, wealth, happiness, and wellness. I'm your host, Wendy V, along with my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo. Together, we're social entrepreneurs building a collective of impactful humans who are going to make this world a better place. We hope you'll join us. Here's today's episode. I basically break down a masterclass and how you share why you matter with your most important audiences in this podcast episode. I give you the play-by-play on what I walk my clients through about sharing their impact and how to use the things that they're doing to change the world in order to inspire more change. If you're not using your impact as part of your marketing and letting people know why they should be working with you, this episode is all you need to figure out how you're going to do that. We're talking today about impact. And I always try to bring these impact topics back up because people forget what it is that they're doing and they just keep doing, but they don't always track it or they don't always tell people how they're making an impact. And even for me, who knows how to do this stuff, it's difficult to keep on top of or have a workflow where you're consistently looking at all of these things. So one of the reasons why you want to track your impact is because explaining to people why they should give you money or why they should buy your products or why they should work with you is really heavily validated by numbers. And so those numbers are gonna be what appeals to different types of people and different numbers mean different things to different people and different reasons why they would want to be part of your organization or your client base or whatever it is. So that's what we're talking about today. It's all about impact, all about the numbers game and where we're at. And I'm gonna be pinning a link um, to help you kind of understand where you're at today and then develop a tracking system for yourself. So I'll put that up in a second. I'm still doing topics and putting people in. So Cynthia, if you want to come up or Sylvia Allen, feel free to raise your hand. You're just getting started. I'm about to pin this link to the top where you can get the tool for today. Let's see. Can you copy it? And then I think Rodrigo should be in in a minute. So we'll get us both situated and then we'll get started with the conversation. Yeah, good. So join, definitely join us for as long as you can, guys. If you need to pop out, feel free to come in and out if you have other things um, that you want to do. And so once you've got at the link, this is something I created literally just today because I've been working with clients um, who have nonprofits primarily, but also social businesses, and they don't necessarily always tell people what they're doing. <laughs> and one of the ways that you can tell people what you're doing is by your website. And so we're going through and auditing a lot of things on their websites and looking at their impact and how they're explaining it, where they're placing numbers, where they're placing donation buttons, all of those kinds of very technical things. But in order to do that, the first thing that you want to do is take a baseline. So anybody who's ever done any kind of data research or gone to school where you had to look at research articles, you know that typically you don't just start measuring something and then have nothing to compare it to. So you want to first have a baseline for whatever you're trying to look at. So if you're looking at your impact and you're looking at, say, the numbers of clients you served this year, the numbers of something you sold this year, those are numbers that you can get from the things that you're doing every day. Same as that, you can get these numbers um, for your website at any given moment. 
the problem is if you don't have a good time frame reference to go back and look at them, they're not going to mean anything to you because you're going to keep changing the bar on yourself of what you're actually measuring. So that's why I created this tool. You can start this month or you, if you have the data from January, you can go back to January, whatever you want. And it's just organized by month. And I put every single social media platform that you possibly could have an account on or some following, as well as the website information, as well as your SEO information, all in the same tracker. So the reason I want to do that was because it gives you a snapshot of what's going on with your website and what's going on with all the traffic sources that it is that are driving to it. So although this is not the impact that you're making through your business, these are the channels where you should be conveying your impact. So as you are collecting information about how many people you serve or as you're getting transformational stories from the people that you serve, these are the places where you will actually be putting your energy to share those stories and to share that impact. So this is what we're talking about today. And I put the tracker up at the top. This is a brief description of what it is, but when you go and sign up, it should give you a link and it'll go straight to a Google Doc. It'll pull up the Google Sheet and you'll be able to see all of the things that are in there. And so I'll walk you guys through the actual tracker and what they mean in a second, but I wanted to just invite you guys up in case you have any questions about what we're doing today in general. So I know Christy, you joined a little bit late, but just getting started. Hey, Susie, I didn't have to leave. Did you have any questions, anything that they covered before you came? Oh, hey, everybody. Hey, Wendy. Yeah, I mean, I love what you're talking about and <laughs> I may have to like come back in and catch the replay. Basically, I'm having my cafecito and my panecito break and, and then I got to get back to work. But I mean, I can hang out for a couple minutes and uh, I'm going to hang out as long as I can to catch the goods. But yeah, it was just like that. The title is very interesting. Like, how do you measure why you matter? And so I, I just uh, I just want to listen in and uh, for as long as I can. And if I have any questions, I'll tap my mic again. Yeah, just hang out on stage and if you have to pop back in or listen to the replay feel free and barbara i saw you just joined us we're talking today about our impact and i was just going over this tracker that i made that is really um a kind of a, a bunch of different places that you should be conveying your impact so we're going to go back to the beginning of the conversation which is have you actually measured why you matter and i wanted to bring this topic up for people because the why question, the so what question, is something that drives all of social impact work. What is the point of doing this effort? Why are we trying to create this change? What are we actually doing? And so as you go through your year and you're doing whatever it is you normally do, sometimes you don't measure that impact. And so you have to be able to ask yourself, if you're a true social business or a nonprofit, what is the impact that I'm making? And so, for example, um, Cynthia, we often use, since she's a product-based business, we use her as an example of something that's a little bit different from a lot of our service-based businesses. But she could still use this method because Cynthia does try to buy from mostly um, BIPOC sellers or people who have raw goods that she's using that are from the BIPOC community. And so there could be a measure there that she could create about how her business supports X number of other BIPOC businesses every year. And it could be just a tally, for example, if every time she buys something from a new vendor, she just says, okay, I had 13 vendors on that list, now I have 14. And then what you do is you go over to the channels that are in the tracker 
and you look and see, well, where, where is the audience who cares about the fact that I'm helping BIPOC people expand their businesses? Or where are these people who would be inspired by knowing that I'm doing this through my business? And if you have a good reach on that channel, then that is how you pick the place that you're going to put the message. So then you'll go over to that channel and you'll see, okay, this is the type of content I'm creating. This is the kind of strategy I have over there. This is the best way to give those people my, my 14 number. So I have both the number, I have the channel, and then I have the copy or the messaging that works on that channel. So when you bring all of these together, what it should look like is I'm consistently tracking data that matters to my business to describe to people why I'm relevant and why I me mean, as a social business or a nonprofit, why I'm making social change and what that looks like, right? So this is our numeric value or information that we have. It could be also a vignette. It could be a story. It could be a quote. So it doesn't have to be a number. It could just be something that represents your impact. You're then going to say, okay, well, where is it logical for me to share this information? Once you figure that out, it might be your website and maybe three platforms, right? Because you don't want to overwhelm yourself. So you're going to pick the places to use your energy wisely. And then you're going to create a message that will resonate with that audience in that place. And once you get to the message creation part, this is where you can be creative. You know, this is where we talk about your reels or what you're actually putting in the post or what tips you're sharing in a newsletter, whatever that content creation process looks like the main thing that you're sharing is this message about your impact. And so when you do this, what you should see is that the people that you're trying to get, whether they're clients or donors or customers, whoever it is, they will understand that you are something they should invest in because you're able to get the impact. So you're telling them a story at the same time that inspires them as you're telling them that you can actually achieve this outcome. You can get this impact with your business or your nonprofit. So when you're giving people information like this in this manner, they're more inclined to actually either work with you or give you their money in exchange for the social currency that you're creating, which is the social change. So as you describe your business as a social business or a nonprofit, and you're explaining to people over and over again, you give me money, I go and do my magical work in my in the background. And then after my magical work, this is the outcome that you'll see. This is the impact that you'll see. So as you do this, there's different ways to measure it. Sometimes you're measuring people, which is a sheer count. Sometimes you're measuring transformation, which is this one person went from point A to point B. Sometimes you're measuring groups of transformation. This cohort went from point A to point B. And you can do this in different ways. Like I said, there's the traditional butts in the seat sort of count. I had X number of people go through my X program. That program consistently gets these results. Therefore, these people at the end of the program got these results, right? But when you say it that way, sometimes you're actually speaking for people and they didn't truly get that result. <laughs> so that's why what you want to do is pair both the numeric value, which tends people to, it tends to grab the eye. 
you know, oh, I saw 15 last year, but then the next year I, I saw 45, right? So that growth in the number is attractive, but you partner that with the actual transformation story. That's the so what factor. So, okay, great. I had 45 people go through my program this year, but of that, how many of them actually had the transformation that I wanted to see or that I say, I say I'm predicting and I will achieve with this program, right? In that, you might have five really great success stories. And that might be five quotes you could get. It could be five vignettes you could get. It could be five stories or blog posts that you could write about the client's experience and share that information as a, a sort of third party perspective versus first hand, first person voice, right? So there's lots of ways to actually measure and explain your impact. But if you don't use these tools at your at your resource, the resources at your hands, which is you know tracking the numbers, being able to go back to past clients and ask for information or ask for through surveys um, how their experience was, if you're not actually taking the time in your workflow to do these things, then it's really difficult for you to do the um, formula I mentioned a couple minutes ago, which is go over to the channels and tell them that you're making an impact. So as you're doing your work. What I would encourage you to do, and I've been telling people this since January, so I definitely have ways um, to help you do this. I have a whole course on this. The first thing you want to do is decide what are the metrics for your business that tell people you are making an impact. So this gets back to the so what question. We've talked about this with Rodrigo's business before. He does a lot of volunteering and hours and getting um, money for particular causes. And he does that partially through his network of his business. So as he's creating metrics for his business to say why this matters or why he as a social business is making change, he can track those hours. He could track the money. He could track the number of donors who come through the websites that he's listed um, through his business contacts to get that other nonprofit, because he's not a nonprofit, but to get that nonprofit, their donations, he could track all of those metrics. He also could say that through his business, this is how he's creating an impact and tell that story. So those are the things that are um, some of the basics of how you would explain your impact in your business or your nonprofit and how you would measure it. And I know a couple of people have been here a little bit longer than Rodrigo, so I'll give him a chance to get up to speed. But if you are Rosie or Jay, if you guys want to jump up here and ask any questions and you've been listening for a little while, feel free to do that. But so Rodrigo, we're talking today just to recap for you about why tracking and impacting your business is helpful, how you can explain that to people, where you can put that information in terms of your social channels, and then how do you get started with actually measuring it? So that's what we teed up the conversation already, and I just wanted to give you the chance to kind of get up to speed and say hello. And if you have any questions, we'll keep going even with you as an example. Yeah, I remember when you and I first had this conversation and it totally blew my mind. I, <laughs> I had done such a poor job of tracking it and not even understanding and being able to quantify it that when you kind of uh, uh, said like, hey, look, you're, you're over here, you're doing good things. You need to actually measure that so you can put that out there and tell people that, hey, I made this impact. I reached X amount of people and I raised X amount of dollars and so forth. And when you do that, it, it really, you know, it's not just an abstract thought like, oh, I helped out, blah, 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 blah. No, you have some actual data that tells you exactly what you've been able to contribute. So when you first kind of uh, presented this idea to me, 
it was super foreign, but it totally makes sense. So now I have a spreadsheet and I just track everything. You know, anytime that I do something, that I push something, that I promote something, that I help somebody, I literally put it down. And it's not necessarily about keeping track of every little thing you do and, you know, um, I don't know, glorifying that. It's about just measuring the impact that you have. And you can't quantify that. Folks want to see those metrics. Business is business, y'all, and numbers rule. So when you have numbers that show something, as opposed to saying, hey, I did this and I did that. Oh, okay. Well, how many people did you reach? Ah, you know, it was out there, da, 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 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, when you go out there and say, yeah, look, I raised $5,633 out of 142 donors, you know, and those the, the, the places that I went to, it, it, the message was spread to over close to 10,000 people based on these metrics and XYZ. And you have it all listed there. Companies, conglomerates, corporations, they go nuts over data like that. Any kind of data that you actually have that tracks it, it's very helpful for that. But back to the main core that you're talking about, how do you how do you measure how you matter? That's how you measure it. You know, again, you don't want to just leave it up to thought or just like, oh yeah, I did this, I did that. No, put some metrics behind it and you'll really see the impact that you'll do. And it'll really actually uh, uh, inspire you to do more when you notice, hey, you know what? I, I actually did this and here's the numbers that I did. I can do this and it'll keep going and going increasing. And the last thing that I'll point that, that, you know, coming in a little late and I apologize for that. But the last thing that I'll note is that you start building that history. You know, think of it as a credit report, right? Credit history, right? Uh, again, we're not here to track things because we're trying to blow up our egos or look at me, how good I am or this and that. But it's just like a credit report. It keeps a track of everything you've done. If I would have started, you know, years ago with all the work that I've done, man, I'd have a fantastic list. Even if I start now, you know, I think I could probably remember a few things that I've done, but to have captured every single thing that I've done, every volunteer work, every every hour I've put in, it would have been so beneficial because now I would have thousands of hours that I could categorize, that I can show to folks and say, like, look, I was a part of this. Here's how I benefited my community. Here's how I measure how much I matter to my community to society at large and of course and i think most importantly to myself oh man you said something that i forgot to mention earlier it's that it's so much easier to do this going forward than going backwards and if you do it going backwards you will inevitably miss something that you could have been tracking and giving yourself credit for and then the other thing that rodrigo said that i wanted to emphasize too is this isn't about um, gloating or, you know, showmanship or, you know, kind of being obnoxious with, I've reached this many people and, and raised this much money. This is really about, if you're talking about true impact work, there, this is a way to translate social change into a tangible thing that people understand. Because a lot of the time people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to make society better. Okay, cool. That's great. So when you're talking about making society better, how much, how much have you prevented something we don't want? How much have you helped something happen that we do want, right? And those are the things that matter. Stopping things we don't want to happen that are negative outcomes and really trying to be deliberate about how we get the outcomes we actually want. And so when there's people like us who are social entrepreneurs and we're trying to put this in action, some people don't understand that. Some people, it just doesn't resonate with them or they have never thought like this before. They maybe don't value social change as much as you do. 
So you have to bring them along in the story. And for people who are really early in the journey and are just discovering that, oh, we can be different, we can have a society that's different and looks the way we want it to be, for people in that space, the numbers very much matter because that's how you convince them to come along with us. And so whether it's come donate to my cause because you don't have the time to take this on or you don't have the energy to do this change progress project that's going on, but I have the energy, I have the volunteers, I have all the things to do this. So if you're looking for like a Rodrigo, for example, to say, hey, for the very first time, sign on and be a volunteer with my organization or sign on with my mission, you have to come to them with some evidence that you're doing something. You can't just say like, oh, hey, we're gonna go raise money for bikes for kids and then buy no bikes and take all the money, right? <laughs> like that's a lot of us have heard of this before and this happens in our world, but we want it to happen less. And so one of the ways that we trust each other and we bring that trust up for social entrepreneurs is to share information, share data about your relevance and why you matter. So where we started out with is um, I was working with some clients on understanding what's going on with their website and why their web traffic is really low. In that, I created a, a reach tracker where I was looking at all the outlets where they are placing that information. So how are they getting the message out to people to go to my website, to donate, to volunteer, to buy my things, whatever it is. And so what you'll see in the freebie up at the top is just a spreadsheet that literally walks you through all of the things, the metrics for your website and your social channels and your keywords in the same place. So you can grab that if you want. And what that part of the equation is, that's not the actual measurement. That's where you go and put the information. <laughs> so there's sort of three parts to this. There's the part where you're tracking, which is Rodrigo was talking about. He has a separate spreadsheet for that. He tracks all his actions. He tracks the donations, all of that stuff. And if you're a nonprofit, you probably have this somewhere, right? Like you're, you're tracking your services. You're also tracking the donations coming in. But if you are a social business, you might not be tracking this information. So you wanna first find a way to describe your impact. Identify some metrics that are going to be consistently something you can keep up with and identify a time frame when you're going to be doing this update. So it might be the end of the month, for example, so or the beginning of the month for the previous month, whatever way you're gonna do it. But do it going forwards, not going backwards, because when you try to go backwards, then you tend to lose information. So you're gonna pick a day or pick a time frame and say, so this is my baseline. This is where from here, I'm gonna try to track my growth and see my growth. So you'll pick that baseline a month essentially, and you'll start filling out this tracker and you'll say, okay, this is the tracker of my reach. You'll also pick the same baseline period of the data that you've collected. So if we're talking about the number of donations that Rodrigo has inspired for the nonprofit he's working with this month, he'll match that to the actual month that he's tracking his reach. Because if you start getting off track, you don't know <laughs> which action causes what. So you wanna make sure that you also know on these channels in May, I shared Jessica's story. And then in March, I shared Rodrigo's story. Well, what I noticed is with the people after Jessica's story, I grew 20%. After I shared Rodrigo's story, I grew 10%. So what would, what did I do different when I shared Jessica's story? What did I put it on different platforms? Did I share it in a different mechanism? Did I use a video versus a blog post or written content? So you can start asking yourself these critical questions about the impact that you're sharing, but you have to first be tracking it. 
<laughs> so if you haven't tracked it, that's step number one. Step number two is this going and figuring out where you're releasing information, where that content is going. And then step number three is really figuring out the messaging and how you're conveying the impact and who you're explaining this impact to and what inspires them. So that's what we've been talking about today. And I don't know, Rodrigo, if you want to add anything else to that conversation. Yeah. So, so when you were speaking about the history and everything, I, one of the things that I told you that I did not like was the quote unquote gloating or credit or anything like that. Right. That um, I had never thought of that, of tracking anything because I just felt like, Hey, I'm doing community work. You know, I'm not here for the, for the accolades or whatever the case may be. But then I, you know, talking about it with you, another thing that I really um, helped was I needed to, to establish that trust that you're talking about, right? It's that history, that trust that folks, when they see you, yeah, you know, you could talk a good game and talk about what you're doing in this and that, but uh, what work have you done? You know, wh where's the proof of proof of a history? Where, where, where is that work? And so when you start building that trust history, people will see the work that you do and be much more inclined to give. It's, it's just like a slippery slope, you know? I mean, once you, once you do a good project, you do another one, another one, and you have the verification for that, the data, the, the, heck, the pictures, the posts, the reach, then you start getting more folks that are more uh, willing to trust because there's money out there. There's definitely money out there that folks want to give to folks so that they can do the work that they do. And, but the only way to establish that is by doing, you know, using that trust. I remember one time um, last year when I was uh, helping with an organization and we were called into question about the work that we do. You know, people said like, oh, well, where, where, where uh, who's taking care of the money and where's the donations going and this and that, right? And a couple of the folks in the organization that I was a part of felt a little offended you know, because people were questioning it. Looking back at it, a hundred percent, I agree with those folks. You know what I'm saying? There's validity in those questions. You know, does it feel comfortable sometimes? No. But if you put the history of your organization, uh, for, uh, for, you know, front and center, if you put the work that you've done in the past front and center, you let folks know, hey, this is what it is. Here's the paperwork. Here are the pictures. Here are the posts, blah, blah, blah. Then people, they understand that, you know. Uh, uh, last point that I'll make is every time that I talk about, you know, literacy advocacy, which is a really a big part for me. I love pushing literacy. I love getting kids to read uh, as a volunteer with the Real Men Read program. It's definitely one of my passions, uh, uh, literacy advocacy. And so when I tell folks about it, sometimes they're like, OK, you know, I can see Rodrigo doing this and doing that. And one of the things that I've noticed, though, is that folks, uh, when they scan my page, my, my Instagram page, when they first meet me or whatever, a lot of the people actually like some of my oldest posts, which actually talk about that. And so and my whole point with that is it gives it that verification. It gives it that trust. You know what I'm saying? I just met somebody, whether online or offline. I talk about literacy advocacy. I don't, I don't have brochures. I don't have a, you know, a... a, a a PowerPoint presentation on my phone where I show them everything, right? But more than likely, we connect through social media and, you know, phone numbers, et cetera. And when they see that post and they see that, you know, I made a post four, five, six, seven years ago regarding literacy advocacy, and then they see another one, another two years, oh, it's, you know, read across America, but the whatnot. 
they know they trust that verification, that history, right? And again, I don't post those pictures to gloat or to say like, hey, look at me, I'm being a good person or anything like that. If anything, I posted those pictures to let folks know like, hey, I'm volunteering, you can too. You know, uh, we can we can collectively make a difference together, you know, small amounts of times, you know, just people working together to better our communities. But I didn't know that later on those same posts would also work as kind of a trust verification post that will let folks know like, okay, this guy means business. He's been putting in the work. Yeah, at the very least, he has these pictures where he's reading the kids or he's on a Zoom call and he has a group of kids reading and this and that and he talks about it. So that's why it's so important to have that history of what you're doing, of what you're trying to do. And, and, and finally, last point and I'll land my plane here. Finally, it, it just, it helps you. It helps you when you are looking back and you see a picture and somebody does like that picture. It helps you know that, hey, the work you do matters. You know, there is importance, there's value in what you provide to your community. However small it may seem at the moment, when somebody sees that, it reminds you, you get the notification, at least for me, I get the notification. I see the post that they just liked and it reminds me of the work that I've done and the work that I continue hopefully to do. Uh, that, that's, that's really part of the whole developing a history is not only providing trust with other people, but even just trusting yourself that, hey, I'm on the right path. I've done this before and I can definitely do it again. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of times where people have liked odd posts and I'm like, what if I would people like those posts? And you're right, they are inspirational. I think they stand out sometimes in your feed because they look a little different and people are like, Well, what is this one? I never see Rodrigo with kids and either kind of going back and looking at it and then you read the comments and you read the actual description and it tells you what it is. And those things do stand out. So sometimes it's about the message or the story or just the visual that goes along with it that'll get someone's eye and then they go into it. But the other thing that you said is this is part of that no like, and trust factor. So if you as a business that serves others is telling people, okay, I'm a good person and you want to work with me and part of your um, persona as a mediator is that you're actually a good person because no one wants to have a, a fight or an, an altercation mediated by a mean bad person right like that would be the worst <laughs> you're like you're gonna go into that conversation assuming that everybody's gonna lose right what kind of a mediator is like is this person but if you are someone who has this no like and trust in a very positive place versus a negative place then yes, people would be more likely to say, please come into our very sensitive altercation and help us out. Because we would rather you, this nice person who reads to kids, be that person than this mean guy who's over here yelling at kids, right? Or whatever the case may be. So I think that there's, there's a, a lot of other underlying reasons behind people seeing this information and saying, oh, this is someone that inspires me. This is someone that I want to work with. This is someone that I trust or that I feel confident about how they're helping others and they can also probably help me, right? And so you're kind of transferring that um, help of someone else onto this person who is trying to be your client or wants to be your client. So that's another way that this whole thing works. And I know we've had a bunch of people pop in and out. The replays are on. So if you missed anything, folks can go back and listen to what we were talking about before. We'll go maybe Rodrigo for like another five or 10 minutes talking about this. What do you think? Sure. No, no, that's not a problem. I think, uh, uh, again, 
uh, like you, Wendy, you know, you've done a really good job of kind of uh, making sure that people know the work that you do uh, going out there and putting the post that you're out there passionate about helping others with their entrepreneurial journey, you know? And so again, any, anything can be used as your, you know, credit, as your history, as your currency, even, you know, whether it is your social media, whether it is, you know, something that you post, uh, and, and you're right. Uh, whenever I kind of talk my talk, right. When I'm talking about, you know, serving my community, doing this, doing that, it's, it's really nice when, you know, I kind of have some uh, history there that kind of proves it. You know, I, I remember one time on my Facebook, uh, I'm, I'm part of a alliance here. Um, uh, it's, it's called the Black and Brown Men's uh, Alliance of San Antonio. And uh, we were trying to advocate for the passage of a bill that would restrict police union activity on their charter. And, um, and I'm not going to get into the whole politics of it or whatnot, but I had people kind of question that question, you know, what are you doing? You know, what's going on here and this and that. And even folks tell me like, hey, uh, I've never seen you be involved with something like this. And maybe a week later, it just so happened that on my memories, uh, on my Facebook memories, a post came up that uh, I, you know, people, uh, there was pictures and everything. And I was part of a group of, of, uh, of uh, advocates for the DREAMers and uh, DACA recipients uh, who we all staged a sit-in and uh, then Senator Kay Bailey Hutchinson's office. And we ended up getting arrested, right? And, uh, and we ended up getting taken to jail. It was very performative, to be honest. You know, they didn't put us in book us and all that stuff. We basically landed there, got there. They took our information and then they just let us go. But we ended up going in there and there was a very real threat of getting arrested because, you know, it was office hours and they said, you got to go and blah, 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 blah. My whole point for all that was even myself, sometimes I do question, OK, why, why am I doing this? You know, what's going on here? And when I see something like that, you know, and uh, I really don't use Facebook like that. But one of the best things about Facebook, for me at least, are the memories. And when I see something like that, it just reaffirms that I've been doing the work and that I'll continue to do the work and that I I know that there's value in the work that I do. I don't need somebody else validating any whatever reason I have for doing the work that I do. And I think that's really critical to make sure that we have we give ourselves those reminders because we're going to face roadblocks. We're going to face folks who question what we do who wonder, hey, what are your motives for that? Hey, you're not a part of that group. Why are you even, ah, come on, what, what's going on here? And when you have those reminders and you tell yourself, you know what, I've done the work, I can do this work, and I'm doing it for the right reasons. It's a great way to keep yourself on the right trajectory. And it's a great way to make sure that you stay, you know, uh, in that mindset that, hey, you know what, the work that I do does matter. And uh, but it is important to measure it, though. And going back to the point, Wendy, you know, this free tracker that you have right there, right there, the impact and reach tracker is a super useful tool because, uh, again, I was walking around not tracking things. And now that I'm tracking things, you know, I can use that history and let people know because memories, memories are foggy. You know, if you're telling somebody a story, you probably tell them, you know, the, the highlights, but nobody remembers the, lo the, 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 the data. Right. And the technical stuff. And that's why a tracker like this is so critical because now you know, hey, it was X amount of dollars. 
X amount of people, X amount of time. You know, this is what I did. Here's the impact that I had. Oh, this here's a mention that happened, blah, blah, blah. And then a nice little story about, you know, maybe two or three anecdotes uh, that happened. And so it is really critical for folks to start measuring, uh, you know, their, their, their successes and the impact that they have. And then finally, starting. Just start. I know I had the same issue, Wendy, and you mentioned it quite a bit that we've done work in the past and you have kind of a tendency to want to like say like, ah, I want to capture everything, but you never will. You're going to forget things. You're going to, you know, you're going to miss a few things. And, and also you may flub a few things, right? Nobody goes out there lying about what they do, but sometimes the details get a little sketchy, you know, and you say, hey, I helped 10 people there. And now the story goes, well, you know, I helped about 20 people, I think it was. Oh, man, 50 people. And not saying that you're growing the story, but, you know, it can get a little, you know, the, the, the details get a little uh, vague and whatnot. Better to have the best information you can, trust the info that you have, and be 100% confident in the info, which means starting now. Start right now, start the tracker, and then every time you do the work, put it in the tracker, and you are 100% confident that that information is correct, that it's good. And that you can give it out to somebody and nobody can question it at all. Because, again, I have a history of helping folks and I would love to put every single thing that I've done in the past. But can I confidently say that I know every single detail and that I remember this and I have receipts? and this? No, I don't. I, and I can't. So, therefore, it, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to include that information. Uh, hopefully that that uh that all that i'm sure you you know what i'm talking about right Robbie? oh my god i was yes i was thinking about the confound confounding data numbers because they're there that happens a lot and no matter if, even if you don't try right like even if you're you're not trying to be inaccurate there's always inaccuracies in data and data entry is the biggest reason why there's an inaccuracy and if you think about it in this sort of strategy you, unless you're giving this to somebody like a VA or somebody else, you know, your, your college intern or whoever to track this data for you, you're the person tracking it. So if it's incorrect, you as the social entrepreneur are the source of the incorrect data. And I think a lot of us who are in social entrepreneurship, we've relied on data so heavily throughout our careers that you know, you almost go, oh my God, I don't want to be the source of the incorrect data. That's horrible. The incorrect data is bad. And it's not that you're purposefully trying to be incorrect. It's that you maybe haven't put the right process in place to capture the data, or you might be capturing one thing, but you're really measuring the wrong thing. And so you're like, okay, great. That, that what I'm capturing doesn't even reflect what I was trying to measure. There's a number of reasons why when you go to actually measure your impact, you could have something inaccurate. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person or a bad social entrepreneur or that you're not completing your social entrepreneurial journey the right way. You know, none of those things are the, the real source. The real issue that you have to deal with is, okay, well, how do I get a, a consistent system that works for me at the energy level and the time level that I have with the mechanisms that I currently have in my business, right? So I don't have to buy new things, build new things. You can download free things, whatever, whatever it is, it's going to get you the right mechanisms, but you have to get on the cadence of doing it. And the cadence is the second reason why it might be inaccurate because like Rodrigo and I said, you're going backwards going, okay, well, maybe I got to look here, here, here. So I'll give you an example from my business. One of my metrics is the number of women of color that I've served. When I say served, I didn't realize that I wasn't helping myself count the actual number of women I served because I had to be more specific. I had to say through my accelerator, I am serving this number of women of color every year already as a baseline. 
And now in this next year, I want to set a target to grow. That means that my goal is to recruit more women of color into that program, even though anybody can join. The thing that matters to me is that I want to see more women of color specifically join and complete the program. So when I say served, I'm not saying through my 15-minute discovery calls. I'm not saying through one-on-one coaching. I'm not saying through um, a consultancy for six months. My definition of served relies completely on my accelerator program. Now, that could be good and bad because it could be that that is not the part of my programming that pops off and has a bunch of people in it. It could also be bad because I only allow 10 people in that thing a month. So if only 10 people can come, then that means I can only serve up to 120 a year until I decide to up that cap. Right, but I know those limitations of my data. I know the limitations of how I'm collecting and what measure I've chosen to represent my impact. So if you don't have that thought process in your business of, if I measure this, what does it really mean? That's the core question to start with. If I am looking critically at what I am doing and I'm trying to measure my impact and I change one word like served to say, through my level up accelerator, I will help X number of women get this outcome, this X number of women of color get this outcome. Those are two different metrics. Now I'm counting both just women in general, and then I'm counting specifically women of color. But even with the women of color, there is still another issue. There could be a definition of, do I just physically identify them as when by sight saying, oh, you look like you're someone who I would identify as being a woman of color. I'm going to count you. Or... Do I wait until I absolutely know from the interaction with that woman that she says, oh, I'm of Mexican heritage. So then I'm like, ah, I can count you. And I go over to my mental spreadsheet and remember to add Jessica's name to the spreadsheet, right? So there's a lot of different things in each measure that you have to think through in order to accurately collect and count the data. But that should not be your barrier <laughs> because there are always ways around that. That should never, ever be your barrier. Like Rodrigo said, you just start. And even if it's messy for a little while, and even if you have to get a baseline and then you realize later that you know your baseline was 50, but the next month you captured 100, and so the baseline was probably not really representative of what you're truly doing, that is A-okay, right? You still have time later to go back and fix the mechanisms that you need to fix. So there's never a time that's too late to start. There's never a place that's the wrong place to start. There's never a way that you're going to start doing this and it's going to be so horrible and bad that you should stop, right? You can always take this strategy and enact it in a way that fits what you're doing so that you have the time, you have the energy, you have the resources, and you can make it consistent for yourself and for your business. So I want to welcome Miguel, and I know you're coming in a little bit late to the conversation. We're only going for a couple more minutes today, but we've been talking about how do you determine your impact and what you're doing as a social venture? How do you convey that? Where do you convey that? And then how do you explore further the message and the accuracy of that information? So we've kind of come a long way in this conversation. (laughs) We sure have. And I actually have a story that really kind of drives home that point of the accuracy of your information. Uh, last year at the radio station that I work at, we, we had an issue where the general manager made a decision to change the programming, right? And so we, we started a campaign and we said, hey, you know what, where, where are the metrics? What have you done to do this and do that? And, and basically people were saying, 
you know what? He, he got rid of all the BIPOC representation on the radio station. You know, um, unfortunately, there was no hard evidence or anything like that, right? We hadn't really developed anything. So I took it upon myself. I, I went and got the entire block of radio programming and basically determined on my own, like you like you were mentioning, Wendy, like, okay, this person is this, this person is that, this person is this, right? And one of the very first things people try to attack, as opposed to attack the data, you know, the the, the larger point, they, they would find small pieces where like, oh, hey, this show right here, that person is actually half Mexican, half Irish. You know what I'm saying? They should be, you know, this and that. And my whole point for bringing that example is, you know, you do have to have kind of a set standards and at the very least be be consistent with those standards say what they are you know uh, define them and make sure that you hold yourself accountable to those standards and if they have to change change them you know there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with starting something especially with you know when you're tracking information and then changing it sometimes you have to do that based on you know parameters changing based on you know new information and so forth and so at the end of the day, for me, the information on the website and all that we provided showed a clear uh, uh, change in the programming, and it showed clearly who benefited from it, which was basically uh, um, non-Latino white uh, males. You know, the representation skyrocketed for them, you know, all under the guise of trying to improve the station and this and that and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the, 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 end of the whole uh, uh, debacle, the general manager actually resigned, you know, and I, 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 feel, I feel like we accomplished a great service in doing that because now 93% of the shows that were removed are back on air. You know, and that's not to say that they shouldn't be removed. Maybe there are some shows that need to be removed, but we just want a fair way to do that. And the way that that happened was through the numbers, through the data, and and making sure that you know yeah we had an emotional appeal but we also had a logical appeal and i think uh, again if you're trying to measure how much you matter you really want to get that data you really want to make sure that you pinpoint what you're trying to track and then adjust as needed and at the very least like wendy said who cares if it's messy who cares if it's small at the beginning who cares whatever you can progressively start changing it little by little adding things as you feel comfortable so that at some point, let's say a year from now, you look back at it and you have, you know, uh, 20 entries and the first entry may be a little sporadic, the second one, blah, blah, blah. But by the 20th entry, you have a pretty good system down and you at the very least have a history of all that were you, that, that you've, all the work that you have done. And you could truly say like, hey, I'm measuring how much I matter. And it turns out that I actually do matter. So I think that's a great way. I really encourage everybody that's in the audience right now. Uh, just go go to the link right now that Wendy posted and, and get that free impact reach and tr uh, reach and uh, impact and reach tracker. Even if you think you don't need it, okay? Trust me, it, just take a look at it, download it, or review it. And I promise you, there's going to be at some point a, a project or some type of work that you're going to be doing, and it's going to be beneficial for you to have that information. So I just suggest, at the very least, keep this in pocket, put it there. And if you need any help with it, obviously you can reach out to us. We're definitely more than happy to help out folks who are also starting their entrepreneur journey, or at the very least, trying to get a grasp as to the social impact that they have. I love Alan always coming with the tools. So Alan put the SMART goals. 
and objectives formula into the chat if you've never seen that before. And this is the part about the measurable and um, making sure it's measurable, but it's part of a larger system. So yes, Alan, I very much operate in the SMART goals framework. I try not to teach it in that way sometimes because I think that it's almost like a little bit played out to me in some ways. And, I, and there's something else I want to come back to, Rodrigo, that you just said. So I'm going to mention it right now, that the people not believing you. But um, the SMART goals piece, I think sometimes folks get messed up with the achievable and the relevant because they think too much is achievable and they bite off more they can chew or they don't see themselves achieving enough and they stop before they really get to scale. And then relevant is still the so what question. So even though you are making an impact, why does it matter? And if you don't actually tell people the inspirational story, the change, the transformation part that I was mentioning earlier, then the number can seem like just a generic number that doesn't represent anything. But when you start entering into the conversation, the true transformation, and then you multiply that by the number, people get a better sense of where you're trying to go with what you're doing. And so I think SMART goals is helpful and SMART objectives are helpful when you're building things. But as you're going through and critically looking at what you're doing, digging into each one of those pieces and saying, okay, am I telling people why I'm relevant or why this information is relevant? And then once I've told them that it's relevant, am I telling them how to use it? So am I saying, okay, well now go share this factoid with other people, right? Or go tell other people about what it is that I'm doing. So there's still a call to action that has to happen. So on your website, you wanna make sure that all of these things are very apparent. <laughs> and a lot of the times we'll forget things like, oh, I haven't told anybody the impact of what I'm doing or the amount of money that it represents or the amount of people that have been served and what that service looks like when the people are transformed, right? So all of those things have to be in the copy. They should be in headers. They should be throughout your website. They should be conveyed in video, conveyed in photo. And all of those pieces of content for your longer form, whether it's a website or something else, you can take those and drop them on the other social media platforms in bite sizes. So you don't have to keep creating and creating and being on the content wheel. You can literally figure this out and anchor it in your own website. And the reason that I explain that part of it to people is because your website is owned by you. It is not owned, like the, the data is housed somewhere else possibly, but you are supposed to own the copyright and the materials and things on your website. You also own the ability to drive traffic there through your SEO strategy or your search engine optimization strategy. So if you're not using your website as an anchor of where you're putting all the things and driving all the traffic and pushing everybody to, if you're not doing that, that's one step. But then second, once you get people there, you're adding on this, so what, why do I matter impact conversation so that it actually engages them more and keeps them on the page and keeps them curious. So they go and click through other content that you have. That's one part of it. Um, Rodrigo mentioned also the disbelievers. And so before we end this conversation, I wanted to get into this because this is a big one. Whether it's your family questioning how much time you spend as a social entrepreneur, whether it's people in the community that you're trying to serve questioning why you care about them if you're not from that community or you don't look like them, or whether it's people who just don't think this is a good idea and are going to poo-poo on your idea no matter what, those are going to be huge naysayers that can demotivate you or make you feel like you need to question what you're doing as a social entrepreneur. But if you are really rooted and anchored in this understanding of how you make an impact and what that looks like, 
you're able to give them stories, information, data, examples, and things that may help them understand what you're doing, if you want to, if you want to use your energy in that way. But if you do not want to use your energy in that way, I invite you to let those people go, to not listen to what they're saying, to not entertain the conversation, to not argue with your data and stack up charts in front of them, but to allow them as people who are not your audience to have their own opinions and to exit your presence because you do not need to chase these people down. Those are not the people you're trying to inspire and win over. You're not going to give them 50 charts and suddenly the person's going to pull out a $100 bill and say, okay, go use this for your charity, right? Very few times does that happen. Typically, these people who are naysayers have a emotional reason or some reason why they're putting this on you and you can receive it or not, right, as the person who's doing the work. So if you're internalizing these thoughts, internalizing these people questioning your ability to make social change, then you may actually stop doing what you're doing. And that's the last thing that we all need. <laughs> we all need all of us working towards the cause. So I would invite you to just read through your own emotions as those instances come up where people are questioning you and decide whether you need to put your energy in helping these people come along in their journey or whether it's a better use of your energy to continue helping other people go along in their journey. So that's my last point for the day. I know we invited everybody up, but it's really just been a great conversation hanging out with me and Rodrigo. So I don't know if you want to say anything else, Rodrigo, before we sign off. No, I, th I think you really captured the points that needed to be made, especially when it comes to other people that are not in line with your vision. You know, if they don't see it, it's okay. It's, it's and you know, just let them go, let them go. And if you are, you know, just in your, in your passion and you're doing the work, you know, for the right reasons, it's okay. Let them go. And, and, um, you know, whether they see it or not, it doesn't matter. There are people out there that are inspired by what you do that are looking at what you do and feel like, Hey, this person is, this person matters. They bring value to the community and I appreciate it. And I want to work with them. And, and a lot of times we do want to focus on the folks that are against us, right? What do you, we, we like, Oh, why the, and we fall I'm into that trap. Them. I'm going to show them. <laughs> They're going to come with me. Yes. I'll, I'll show them. You know, it's like, no, no, no. We, 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 I really feel like sometimes we do lose a lot of our energy uh, going towards that route. When in fact, there are tons of folks out there that would appreciate our help, that would appreciate the movement that we are trying to build in whatever passion or advocacy we are doing. So, no, I think you encapsulated that very well. And as always, Wendy, I always appreciate you for just uh, starting the Social Impact Level Up Club and, you know, creating this platform so that we can talk about this, uh, especially among entrepreneurs, when sometimes that journey through entrepreneurship can be a little lonely, you know what I'm saying? And, and definitely a lost kind of deal, you know, I, I'm still finding my way uh, through it. But when we have platforms like this and we take the time to really, you know, have these conversations, we let either, we let each other know, hey, we got this, we got each other's back, and we're here for each other. So again, thank you so much, Wendy, for just, you know, creating this uh, avenue. Yeah, no, this is this is my favorite thing to do is talk about this kind of stuff. So I always love finding other like-minded souls who like to listen and talk. So. 
thanks everyone for being here. And I will say, Rodrigo, one thing I was thinking about when we were talking about the, the source of that, I'll show you. I'm pretty sure we all learned that from cartoons as children, <laughs> where there was always this some sort of like naysayer evildoer and then the, the, you know, the antagonist that you have to overcome. And then of course the hero or heroine comes through and it has this really great solution and then everything changes. I think that that's where we learned this this feeling <laughs> that we're going to go and change change the world and also change everybody in it and they're all going to come with us. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes, <laughs> I specifically remember yeah. being being young and watching shows like that. So yeah, yeah, that, that's that narrative, I right? The overcoming narrative. Yep. <laughs> where we learned all of our social skills. <laughs> we, we need to create a cartoon now so that our kids watch it so that when somebody says, you're not going to make it here, and then the cartoon character says, okay, take care, bye. I'm not wasting my energy And then it just ends there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That way our kids see that, they're like, oh, shit, I could just walk away. I could decide okay. not to use my energy on this? Wait, what? What is my, what is my energy? How do I Wait, find it? What? <laughs> yeah. Dad, what's the point of this cartoon? <laughs> It's not even amusing. Uh, anyway, yeah. good times, good times. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Social Impact Level Up podcast. For me, Wendy V, and my co-host, Rodrigo Bravo, we sincerely appreciate your follows, your likes, your subscribes, and your shares. Make sure that you're reaching out to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day, and remember, keep changing the world.